job. What are we doing here? And I'm uh, back with another blast of podcast. Excitement. Podcast nah, excitement. Let's not build it up too much. <laughs> I'm running as an intro topic. Um, I've recently, for whatever reason, seen more baseball stuff in my Google <sighs> News feed. What's up with baseball? <laughs> why, and why am I seeing stuff about it in my news feed? Aaron. It must be pretty important. I was in a good mood. Oh, okay, sorry. So this is not a good topic for you right now. So normally baseball has this thing called the winter meetings where all the upper brass of all of the baseball teams get together and hang out. Okay. And this is usually where a lot of um, informal trade agreements happen. Okay. It's like famous for that. Okay. The winter meetings happen at the end of December, if I recall. Okay. Um, and so normally the baseball scene is usually pretty quiet between October and December when the end of the baseball season and the winter meetings. And then the winter meetings are stuff only like hardcore baseball fans pay attention to because it's a bunch of trades and stuff. Like they're not playing any games. They're just talking about trades and stuff. So only hardcore baseball fans really pay attention to the winter meetings. Um... (sighs) So what happened? Because I, I think one of the news posts I saw was about a trade or two. Yeah, so the Mariners have decided to say fuck the winter meetings and just go on a fire sale and sell everything. <laughs> um, the Mariners have gotten rid of every... Not yet, but they're on their way to getting rid of every single good player they have. Why? It's called a rebuild. where oh, they're doing that thing? Yeah, where you're trying to lose a lot of games in order to get better draft picks. Yeah. Um, and I guess all Mayors fans kind of knew it was coming mm-hmm. because they were spending one of the highest salaries in baseball and, and they have been for a while and they're not getting much out of it. Yeah. And a lot of people have been calling for rebuild for a while okay. among me, but it doesn't make it hurt any less because last year's baseball team was fun. Like the Mayors uh, have just been bad for a long time and last year they weren't good, but they were fun. I see, yeah. Um, Now, let me ask you something. Um, The way... uh, I don't... I wish there was a word for it. You know how German has words for shit that, like, why would you have a word for that? Like... To be uh, fair, those German words people talk about are really just one word that's a compound word of the all of the words that mean true. that thing. That's like, true. T- but they are kind of unique. Like, schadenfreude is my favorite. It's like taking pleasure in others' pain. You know, it's like when you're... We have a word L- for that. What is it? Masochism. Or no, no, is it no, no. sadism? Sadism. Sadism. Sadism, sadism kind of, yeah. But, but it's not a... But sadism kind of has like a negative connotation to it. The schadenfreude is more uh, like passing pleasure. It's like when you see someone who didn't let someone get over not be able to get over, right? It's not like sadism. You're not a sadist because of that. You're just like, oh, that's 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 nice, right? <laughs> like, uh, all right. So how did we get into this this German word conversation? Wait, we're still going. We're Okay, we're going. I, so I don't know what the word for it is, but... I'm going to make it up. It's called um, being a gerrymander. It sounds to me like baseball, like this concept in baseball where you throw away all of your good players so that you lose, so that you get better picks, is like an unfortunate consequence of the way the system was built that's being kind of exploited and it's like, really, no one should do... It Really, it was just like, if you lose the most, you get the most picks. But you're not supposed to try to lose the most. You just... That's what we do now, right? So, but, two know. things. Okay. First off, all major American sports have the same thing. I know. Uh, not just baseball. And secondly, if you could think of a better way for them to do draft picks, like... Giving draft picks, better picks to the bad teams, the idea there is to try to spread out the talent so that one team doesn't end up being the best all the time. Yeah. Um, And so what you have is that that system works pretty well for the NFL. And I think that's because the NFL has a mixture of a 
pretty reasonable salary cap. Okay. Keeping teams from just buying the best team they could possibly buy. Yeah. As well as not having it so that any one individual player is all important. So, with basketball, the problem is the second one. Yeah, okay. Uh, where one player, like... Just dominates. Can, can, can win the season. Yeah. Like, one player can carry a team all the way through a season. And so, like, it doesn't matter how many great picks you have. If you don't have that one transcendent player, you're probably then, not going to win. Yeah. Um, okay. And baseball's problem is is how loose the salary cap is. So mm. that, like... The Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers are perennial contenders because those are the franchises with the most money. And since there isn't a really a hard salary cap, yeah, they just always have the best teams because they just buy all the best players. Yeah, so, okay. um, yeah, I don't know. Like, if there was a better way to do draft picks, I like. Obviously, the best system is to give the best picks to the worst teams, right? That keeps them competitive in in theory. And then yeah. there's not a better way to keep them competitive. It's what the Houston Astros did, and that's why the Astros are one so, of the best teams right now, because they had a bunch I, of good picks. Yeah, so I still don't understand, though, like, it seems like you could still pull that off in football, right? Well, football, you need you need so many, like, if you're a truly bad football team, you are usually 10 players away from being good, right? Okay. And in order to draft those 10 holes... You're going to need to have been bad for like four or five seasons in a row. I see. Okay. Um, but maybe that's the problem. Maybe they give too many good picks to the losing teams in baseball. It's, it, all it is is like, you know, there's 30 teams in baseball. The there's worst the team gets the first pick. Uh, yeah, the okay. best, the be- the team that won the World Series gets the 30th pick. Yeah. And it's okay. just, you know, fills it in between. Hmm. They get the same number of picks, and in baseball, you get a lot of picks. But I just said, and, and so my question was more of a kind of, if you could get rid of, not not get rid of the fact that the lose the worst teams get the most get the first pick, but just if you could get rid of the fact that people exploit it and do these. How rebuilds. could you do that though? I'm not saying that you could. I'm just saying, does that. Do you feel positive or negative about that? I guess is my question. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's like gerrymandering. Like how do you how else do we do right. this? And and maybe there are some answers, but it's just like but I still have a bad taste in my mouth and I would prefer we not do that. So this is something that I'm very torn on because there's an obvious solution to the problem. Okay. Which is to have a very hard much lower salary cap in baseball. Mm. It maximizes the number of money a team can spend on a team and that will spread out the talent so currently the only way to be relevant in baseball is to be named the yankees the red sox the dodgers or to have had a successful rebuild that's the only two ways to do it like those three franchises or do a successful rebuild because those three franchises have so much money that the only way you're gonna have enough talent on your team to beat them is to have drafted it yeah okay Uh, um and that sounds good but that has a very inherent problem is that you're taking money away from the people actually playing the game and giving it to the owners, right? So baseball, of the three major sports, has the most percentage of its money going to, going the, players, to the players. Yeah, which is the where it should go. Like, why are what are the owners doing? What are the what are the like? Because like football and basketball are really popular because they because they're really pushed because those are the ones that the owners have the most money to push because yeah. they're getting a larger split of the money, mm-hmm. whereas Baseball franchises don't make nearly as much money because the players are making so much. Interesting. Um, and that, and not limiting how much a franchise can spend on players, essentially, what baseball does. I mean, they limit it, but... <laughs> like, if there's a good enough player on the market, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers are gonna get them. So, yeah, um, yeah it's tough. Uh, I, I want the players to get more percentage of the money, but I want a more... Like diverse league. set of teams, yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't have a good answer. Interesting, yeah. Like a, a lot of my foreign coworkers come over and like, how do you justify paying sports players these ridiculous sums of money? And it's like, well, 
those teams are making that much money because there's that much interest from the general public, and if that money is going to go anywhere, because it's like, the money for the jerseys, the concessions, the ticket sales, the advertising, all of that's going to the teams, and if, that, and if that's going to happen either way, I'd rather that money go to the people playing than the people who own the teams. Yeah, I think it's a simple, you know, in general, it's simple economics. It's supply and demand, and what they're supplying is in insanely high demand. Um, I think what I would say, though, is there is some unfortunate, like, you know, like the NFL being tax-exempt. Like, that's not cool. That doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, if you ask me strictly, do I think that they deserve, like, are they providing a value to the society equal to the amount of money that they get paid to do it? No, I don't think so. Yeah. But the money's going that way either way. Like, that money's going that direction. That's what I'm saying. I've always held that position that, like, from a outsider standpoint, I don't think, I don't value it that highly. And I don't think it provides enough value to society to be valued that highly. But... It is valued that highly by our society, and it's the same as anything else where if it's valued that highly, then it's going to be paid for that highly, and I'm perfectly fine letting that, you know, if people want to buy tickets or... It's not necessarily that we as Americans as a whole are spending that much money on sports. It's just that there's so many of us, like the number of Americans that are interested in one sport or another is so much higher than any other, like, hobby, right? There's no other hobbies out there that are... Yeah. As widely, like, and honestly, you could make a an argument that if Coca Cola were a company, an organization of around a hundred people, and then a team of twenty that did all of the, you know, I can't think of a good analogy, but like they did everything. Coca Cola probably prints just as much money as the NFL, <laughs> and. It's again. It's supply and demand. Like it's. It just seems much higher. It seems more normal because the good that they're selling are these individual cans. Like if every single person in America bought a piece of the sports that they consume, right? It ends up being you know maybe two hundred dollars per American or something like that, right? Or less. And so if that seems more reasonable, it's like buying one can of Coke every day or yep. more than one. You know. Less, maybe a little less than one can of Coke. But like, you know what I'm saying? It just feels different. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the same supply and demand. Yep. So. So yeah, I uh, I don't have an answer for how to fix baseball that makes me both happy in the social sense and the team parody sense. Yeah. Um, but going back to a reason why you've heard so much about baseball is because the Mariners have sold off. So like, if you had lived anywhere else in the country, you would not have heard anything about baseball because no other team in baseball is doing anything. It's just the Mariners are fire selling. They've, <laughs> they've traded their starting catcher, their best pitcher, their starting second baseman, their starting third baseman, their starting uh oh one of their their two best relief pitchers are both gone now. Wow. And and, and the thing is, the concept here is it's not even like they're going to be saving that much money. Oh, yeah, they're saving a ton. Oh, they're saving a ton of money. Yeah, they so dumped. That, it's, a, it's kind of twofold. You save a ton of money and you get better picks. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they, they sent – so Robinson Cano was perhaps the most famous player on the Mariners. And they agreed to pay him, I think it was $125 million. Okay. No, $200 million? $200 million. $220 million, I think it was, over 10 years. Okay. And he was 31 when he signed that contract. Meaning that he will get paid $22 million as a 41-year-old. Yeah. Which nobody thinks that any 41-year-old is going to be worth $22 million. Yeah. But he was, in, he was in the prime of his career when he was 31, and the only way they could get him to leave the team he was on before was to offer him a contract that he couldn't refuse. Yeah. Um, so they traded him, now that he's 37. Do they basically trade his contract? What they did is they traded him... With uh-huh. our best relief pitcher, who was okay. young and cheap and amazing, Sugar uh-huh. Eddie, because he's so sweet, um, <laughs> and I love him. They sent he those two. They sent those two plus twenty million dollars to another team. Wow! For a bunch of young unknown players. 
Yeah, okay. Um, now, those young, unknown players, some of them are very highly rated prospects, okay. but anyone will tell you that being a prospect in baseball, however highly rated, does not always mean you're going to make it. <laughs> so, really what they're doing is they're dumping the $100 million Cano is still owed. Yeah. So they saved $100 million by, by, in that trade. Uh, Gene Segura was our, one of our ne- next best players. They just traded him today. For does, Now, does the other team have to agree to fulfill the terms of that contract? Yes. Yeah, okay. You're trading the contract. You're not trading the player, yeah, essentially. Because okay. he basically, because he would just be like, no, you can't trade me then. Well, not always. Oh. Uh, for him, yes, that was the case for him. If you are a specifically an amazing player, they will you can write into your contract what's called a no trade clause. Ah, okay. Meaning like, that you have to approve trades. Yeah, you have to approve trades. But most players don't have that. Cano had it, and he agreed oh. to the trade because he's the Mayors made it like when they traded James Paxton, our best pitcher. They made it, it clear was, that they were going to just shit on everyone. Like, just get fail. off the ship. Get off the yeah. ship, man. Like, we had one really good starting pitcher, and the minute they traded him, everyone knew it was on. Like, yeah. when we we traded our catcher first, and, like, our catcher was a well-loved player, not as good as he, not as good as a, as a prospect he was supposed to be. Okay. So that wasn't in and of itself devastating. I, I'll miss, I'll miss him, but that wasn't in itself devastating. And then the next thing that happened was when James Paxton got traded, everyone was like, okay, yeah, it's full rebuild mode. There's no, there's like, there's no second guy. Yeah. There's no second guy. It's just him. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was – and once they did that, like, there's no one – no one with a no-trade clause is going to want to stay because they're going to be a bad team. They've made it clear to everyone that you can say no to the no-trade, I guess, but then you're going to be the only man left on this ship. Yeah. Well, and, he, and at that point, you probably don't care if the other team is going to fulfill the contract. Right? I mean, they have to. Yeah, okay. They have to. So, yeah, uh, he's going he's gonna to get paid $22 million a year until he's 41 years old. That's to be crazy. fair, if if you take the value of how many wins, quote yeah. unquote, he has been worth, he has been worth about one million dollars more than he's cost the Mariners. So he has been almost exactly what they expected him to be for the contract they've paid him. So like a lot of these blockbuster contracts end up blowing up in teams' faces. Cano absolutely did not blow up in the Mariners. They paid him a ton of money, and he's been really good. Interesting. So. That's probably why the Phillies accepted the trade. It's because they're still hoping that he's got like one or two more years of that level more. of play. And the Phillies, the team that he went to with Diaz and Cano, assuming Diaz and Cano play the way they played last year, turned the Phillies from a borderline team to a contender. So they're willing to pay that money to hopefully make that next step. Interesting. So, Man, this shit's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, the team that, that, that took Paxton was the motherfucking Yankees, who were already amazing, and so now they've got one of the best pitchers in the league added to <laughs> their roster. So that's fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to correct myself. Segura and – or Cano and Diaz went to the Mets. Segura went to the Phillies. I see. Someone's going to correct me. I know you don't care, but someone's going to say some shit. It's not that I don't care. It's that I did. I wouldn't know. And then we traded our second best reliever for some prospects. Like we went from one of the oldest teams in baseball to like one of the youngest teams in baseball in a fucking week. Dang. And there's still more to come. They said that they're going to get rid of Seager, which honestly they should. Uh, they said that. I mean, the, we've got two really good young players left. Mm. We've got. We've got Ben Gamble, and we've got Mitch Haniger. If they hang on to them, there will be something to watch next year. But if they also have gone through the fire sale that they've gone through and hang on to Mitch Haniger, that will have been a huge mistake. Uh. So, it hurts. It hurts, Aaron. I know it was needed, but it hurts. We had a lot of really fun-to-watch players, and they are all gone, except for, like, <laughs> the other thing the Mariners have is they've got one poisonous contract on the on the on the on the what, one and a half poisonous contracts left. What does that mean? It's just like a player who is, has a huge contract and blows. Yeah, they've got two of those, one and a half of those. Uh, so uh, they dumped one with Cano, um, and they still have Felix Hernandez, which is like one of the highest paid pitchers in the league, and he's absolute trash. 
Like, he hit 31 years old and fell off a fucking cliff. <laughs> like, I swear to God. Like, when they said, when he signed that contract, everyone was so happy. Everyone was sure he was going to leave. He'd been on the Mariners his whole career. The Mariners had, not, had been bad his whole career. And he's had this borderline Hall of Fame career. He uh-huh. signs a big contract and just tanks. Dang. He's so bad now. They didn't even start him the last half of last season. Biggest contract on the team. They didn't even start him. Wow. That's but no one, no one's going to take that. There is nothing we could package that make anyone was going to take that. So the Mariners are going to be paying him $24 million a year until 2021. So, Wow. No one rough. is going to take it with how bad he's played. That is rough. It's baseball, I he, man. I bet he doesn't care. Oh, I'm sure he's <laughs> killing it. Yeah. Shows up to practice. <laughs> I bet he Th- doesn't. Th- <laughs> Do you th- is there no like stipulations in the contract? That you, you know, like- when you sign a contract that big, the expectation is that you're the kind of competitor that wants to stay there. So I doubt yeah. that they're going to write anything crazy into his contract just because, like, when he signed it, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Everyone, like, you know, King Felix. People wear fucking shirts for him. <laughs> it's just like what it was. I don't know. He dropped <laughs> off a cliff. Uh, well, what do you say their chances of winning the World Series this year are? Zero. <laughs> I mean... Honestly, if they win 40 games, it'll be a good season. Man, didn't you say like 100 is like good? Oh, well, 100 is like automatic playoff. 100 is really yeah. good. Yeah, but like 40, that's that's a, that's not very many. Yeah, that's that's losing 120. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they they're going to be fielding essentially a minor league team. Like, they have very few professional baseball players even left on the roster. Wow. That's nuts. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Rob. Although, maybe you'll be happy in, like, I don't know, how long does it take? Five or six years? Took the Astros seven? Seven years? Dang. But what the Astros did is they they got all the prospects that the Mariners have done, and then when they started becoming good, they sold them. And they did that over and over and over again until they had enough prospects at the same time. That were all working out. And then they formed a team around them. Uh, and now they've got a World Series, and they got really close last year, and they're still... Honestly, they're still the best team in baseball. If you look at their roster top to bottom, even with the guy they lost already, still the best team in baseball. That's so, awesome. And they're all homegrown. They're all Astro draft picks. Homegrown. Oh. It's an amazing team. And that's, wow. and that's what we got to hope for. But they had to lose 100 games four seasons in a row yeah so you know Astros fans paid the price shit hurts at least for a little while they paid the price for four years seven years but there were like three mediocre years as they were building up so it was like 400 Uh lost years and then like three eh years and then everything came together and they were just the team they are now that's awesome and now they're even better than they were because they've now now that now that they're as good as they were, there were there were players that have like no trade clause. That's for the superstars. They just say mm-hmm. you can't trade me unless I say so. Yeah. And if you're like you're the next step down from that, you can say like a limited trade clause where you'll just say specific teams that they can't trade you to no matter what. Okay. And the Astros were on a lot of high top players lists, and then once like all of their players started coming together, the Astros started picking up a lot of those guys that had the Astros on their no-trade list because they were like, that's an exciting team. I want to go play there. Uh. And uh, let's hope that's Seattle in, like, 2025. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I hope so, too, Rob. I hope so, too. I want to talk to you about how much it's... Like... I know that there are people that listen to this podcast that are going to scoff when I say this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about how much it sucks to get old. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're both 29. Uh-huh. You're shortly, not too long from now, I'm going to hit big 3-0. Yep. And then you're like August 14th? That's so close. I think that's your mom's birthday. No, your mom's the 16th. Yeah. You're the 15th? Yeah, Michael Berry's the 14th. Yeah, okay. Come on, Aaron, get your shit together. Shit. <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. Uh, I had my holiday Christmas party over okay. the weekend. Yeah. Um, I had five beers. Ooh, that's pretty good. And I was hungover all day Sunday. 
Like, my head hurt all fucking day Sunday. Not like the crippling, I can't go outside kind of pain, but like the constantly aware that I am in pain kind of pain. Yeah, so didn't we talk about that, like, literally last week? I know, but like, <laughs> it's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing for it to exist. And then the other thing uh-huh. I've got going on is like, I think it's because my bed is too hard, or maybe the pillow's too soft, but I've had like neck and back pain for like a week now. Ooh, yeah, that might be your... Um... So it's one of two things. It's one, it's your bed or pillow. Number two, it's that you're old. Because that's what's happening to me. (laughs) Like, I don't know, sometime around like age 26 or 27, I just wake up with like, you know how you have those like muscles that just go along your spine? Those are both fucking, they're not ropes anymore. They're like fucking steel cables when I wake up. (laughs) Like literally, I bend over and I can just feel them like cracking apart. Like... I don't understand, and I think maybe I just sleep weird or something. Like I do, I sleep best on my stomach, and so I think that kind of tightens those things up. But then also, yeah, I have herniated disc and shit. Like, yeah, getting old sucks. What's funny or what's crazy for me, I think, is like, Jesus, our parents are like sixties, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I'm going to be dead when I'm 60 at this rate. Like, I don't think I can make it. It's like, we're, we're the perfect age right now to remember how much nothing hurt before. Yeah. And to now know that, like, I'm sure that our parents have, at, I mean, if, they're, if there's a, like a logical progression from us that continues along the same path to 70, yeah. then you must have just forgotten what it feels like to not hurt. I know, yeah. <laughs> like, you just don't remember... What it feels like to be good. The other yeah. thing is I have, is I forget what the muscle is, but there's a muscle that goes along your side, like on uh-huh. your hip. And yeah. apparently on one side, mine's loose. And so it moves around a lot. Oh. And the result of that is that I can no longer sleep on my left side because it hurts because that muscle moves around when I lay on it. Oh, wow. It, it also hurts when I run sometimes because it, it pops a bunch. Dang. Like, like when I walk, I can put my, my hand on it and I can feel it like wiggling around. Ugh. The doctor gave me a bunch of exercises I have to do, but fuck, I'm like, who's got time for that shit, man? Also, like, there's there's some pretty good research that shows that physical therapy does help with things like lower back pain. But in my experience, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, let me rephrase. I'm not saying that... In a meta-analysis, it doesn't help. I'm saying that in my case, it was not my experience that it did. Like, I did all the exercise and stuff, and nothing got better. And I stopped, and it just slowly gotten better over the last four or five months. Like, just slowly gotten less and less painful for whatever reason. Yeah. Also, so I don't know about you. I go through these, at least in my opinion huge dips in physical activity capabilities like literally a year ago i would jump in the pool swim a fucking mile take a like two minute break and then do another like mile long set almost um like with more sprints now like I can't even convince myself to do a quarter mile all at once. Like not like literally not even a quarter mile. And it's it's like I don't know if it's mental cuz I think it's mental. I think I'm I'm not any more tired. I'm just like eh. <laughs> Whereas like a year ago I was like no, I'm going to get in and swim a mile every fucking day. I don't know that that's age as much as having a kid at home that you're thinking about. Maybe, but I would blame it on that if it hadn't ha- started happening in around January. <laughs> when I hit that wall and all of a sudden decided not to do long distance anymore. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. The main reason why I'm not getting out there running more is because it fucking hurts a lot more than it used to hurt. The hip pain, the knee yeah. pain. Dude, you got to switch to swimming. Ah, swimming sucks. <laughs> now, did your doctor give you like any medicine or anything like that? Nah, he told me to stop being a bitch. Yeah, my, mine gave me muscle relaxants, and those also, in my experience, don't help that much. Like, I don't know, I, I didn't change the amount of pain at all, and it just made me drowsy. It's, like, not helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, persistent neck pain over the past week that I've just been, like... I'm sure that 25-year-old me wouldn't even notice a different bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the same for me. 
And it's just like, I got this new bed. It's not a new bed, it's an old bed, but I, uh-huh. it's new to me. Yeah. And it's like pain, and my and the neck pain started in my neck, and now it's gone to my upper back. I bet your neck pain, like your your pillow. All right, we're gonna do a visual test here. Give it, go roll over there. Give it a nice little smack for me. Oh no, it's soft as shit, dude. Don't worry about it. So okay, that was my expectation. Yeah, I bet that's why. I used like, to have like a brick for a pillow. Yeah, but I forgot it in Texas, and I didn't make it to the trip down. So I've been using this piece of shit. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting one of those super firm foam ones. So I got one. What? Do, who do they make these super soft, squishy fucking pillows for? Like, who wants know. this shit? I, it's like sleeping on a flat bed. Yeah, it's like it doesn't do. Anything. I fold it into like four. I fold it like four times to try to make it thick <laughs> enough so that my head doesn't just sink to the so bottom. Maybe we have heavier heads or something. There's just like more skull in there. That's that you people don't have to worry about. I blame it on my incredible physique and wide shoulders. Oh, is that's that what, what I, it is? That's what. I well, the what is it for me? <laughs> that's what it is for you too, buddy. Yeah, right. So let me let me give you a pillow recommendation here, and this is for everyone. If you like, if you want something more like those brick memory foam ones, but you don't quite want it to be a brick, I kind of want it to be. A brick. I recommend a shredded memory foam pillow. It's a pillow that has. The same material that's in those brick memory foam ones, but shredded. And mine came with enough to make it pretty much as fat as a normal memory foam one. Or you could just take some out. So, like, basically you, you put, you know, build it to your liking. And the reason I like it is it's got the same, like, support as the memory pillow ones. But two things. It's more breathable because those memory foam brick ones don't breathe very well. Number two, it feels more like a regular pillow, right? Like when, like one thing that I like to do, and I don't know if it's just me, I fucking flip my pillow over once an hour, basically. I get up like fucking monster style. I thrash and flip it over, and then I smack <laughs> my head back down on it. And you can't really do that with those other, with like the brick memory foam ones, you know, because they've got like contouring and shit. If we had started this podcast five years ago... You know what conversation 24-year-olds would not be having? <laughs> About what, what pillow best supports our aging, feeble backs. <laughs> oh, but it's important, Rob. It's important. It is now. It is now, yeah. It, it is, is now. now. It didn't used now. to be. Well, so that's the other... I mean, a lot of it is age. You kind of start to... I start to wonder, too, like, when is, like, multiple sclerosis kind of hit? When is when is cancer gonna hit? When is Alzheimer's gonna hit? Like your mortality because, is much more present now. Yeah, because here's the thing: I have two back things. The first one is that I have a herniated disc, and that thing has pretty much cleared up. Like it's still herniated, but they're and they're like it's always gonna be herniated. But if you just like keep exercising, the pain will go away because your body will just figure it out and you'll be fine. And that's basically what happened in about a month or two. But around the same time, I, I think because that side was hurt, the other side started offloading. And I don't know if I told you, but I have like an extra vertebra or whatever. And basically, if you read the Wikipedia article on this condition of having an extra vertebra, it literally says symptoms present themselves in late 20s. Like, that's what the article says. And I'm like, how many other things do I have that are like, <laughs> symptoms present themselves in late 40s, right? Like, I'm just going to... Early 30s, and then one in the mid-30s, and then another yeah. one in the late 30s. It's like, progressively, your body is like, oh, yeah, you have this thing that's unique to your special snowflake yeah. fucking self that's going to exactly. make you hurt. And that's the funny part, is like, I've had this back condition my entire life. It's just, you got to fucking beat it up for 30 years, and then it starts to, your body starts to go, this isn't working out, man. You got to you gotta slow it down. Oh, man. Ah, yeah. Do you think it stopped? Do you think there's like a sudden degradation from like the flexible, you know, hard to break body of a young person, and then you hit this wall where you're like, okay, we're done being built, you are fully rigid now, and now that you're fully rigid, everything's going to hurt more when you break it. 
And it's going to suck a lot for the first couple of years to get used to it, but then the degradation slows down for a while. And that's why everyone talks about how great their 30s are. It's because the late 20s sucked because pain. But then by the time you get to your 30s, you're used to it, and you're still physically capable, and now you're also making money, so that's why the 30s are good. I really hope the 30s are as good as everyone says the 30s are. (laughs) I know something, though. The only people who talk about how great the 30s are are people in their 30s. Maybe they're just trying to justify their own midlife crisis. Yeah, I, I would say that, like, I, my opinion would be the... Another thing like, I'm looking forward to is my midlife crisis. I don't even know what's going to happen yet. <laughs> sure, it's going to suck, though. I feel like a weird compulsion to buy a bunch of expensive shit that I don't need to impress people who don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you know of like I don't know of anyone's like good midlife crisis story. Do you know? I mean, yeah, life? there are like people who, in their midlife crisis, became actors and now they're millionaires. Like they just quit their job and became an actor. A couple oh. people talk like that. Ricky yeah, Gervais. I mean, like someone you know, like hey, oh. my uncle had a midlife crisis, bought a Porsche, went into debt, lives in a ditch now. With a Porsche. With a Porsche. <laughs> that he can't afford to repair and doesn't even work. Yeah, you can't sell it. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know that many midlife people. Most of mm. my friends are in their late twenties. That's true. That's true. Most of my friends are either their late, their mid, their late twenties, or their sixties and seventies. Like that's like my, my, my range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting bad. I agree. It's sad. Maybe it just means that we need to transition into other parts of ourselves rob like maybe you need to pick up your horn again you know no one wants that nobody wants that pick up my horn i have to get a new one (laughs) not like i wasn't ever good enough at that to make me think that it was ever going to work out i think i need to maybe take up some less impact sports Mm, maybe uh take swimming golf Ooh, but but then you would just get fat I mean, golf itself doesn't make you fat. I mean, people who choose golf as their only sport tend to not be fit, unless they're, like, professionals. Well, even then. Well, yeah, even then. But. John John Daly exists. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm low saying, impact. I don't know many, like, many, I don't know many people who, like, choose to play, like, choose to run or choose to play tennis or choose to swim. That aren't in shape. It's like a good. It's like those are good options to choose. You could do something like a rowing machine. You know those. What's up with impact. you in water sports? Well, you don't have to get in the water for that one. It's just you have to be. What is what is this thing? It's like. Oh, what is Coors? Uh, what is Coors Light and having sex in a boat have in common? I, I don't know. Both fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're saying. The the row machine is is close close enough that it's basically. I mean, oh yeah, so you're talking about just a row machine. Yes, which is just a really like it's like it's like the treadmill. It's just boring. Like you're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. You're just yeah, but standing there's less in one impact spot. than a treadmill. Yeah, or like yeah, an elliptical. Elliptical is less pet tre- like also boring. Yeah. Like all of those stationary cardio machines are boring. I'm sure they're great exercise, but they're boring. I'm not going to be able to like. Yeah. The reason why I run and I play tennis and I do baseball and I do golf is because not only are they good physical exercise, but I want to do them. So it's not I don't have to motivate myself to do it. It's what I want to do. When, I, yeah. when, when running is on a treadmill, suddenly it becomes really easy to rationalize why I don't need to run today. I see. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, fun fact about Rob and baseball. Rob used to invite me to go with him to the batting cages all the time in college. And you we were go. pretty good after a couple times. I was, I was actually okay, but didn't one of us break a bat once? Yeah, you did. You broke a metal bat. I did. I've never, I've never seen a metal bat break in that way. <laughs> like, I recently broke my metal bat. The metal bat that you used when you were at that cage, which was my metal bat. Uh-huh. You didn't break that one. You broke the bat that they had there and provided. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, but my metal bat, I just recently broke. And I've had how'd, that thing. What? How'd you break it? It's just like I had it since, since middle school. Oh, I see. Yeah. It just, it, it's just. <laughs> it's old. It's got old. And I hit a ball with it and the end popped out. 
Oh, yeah, okay. The way you broke it is it broke at the handle, so you just turned around, you're just holding the handle of the pat, <laughs> and the entire barrel had flown across the cage. I've yeah. never seen an aluminum bat break in that way. I didn't know, are those two separate parts? I thought it was all one single thing of aluminum with a wrap around the bottom. It probably I guess depends the, on the manufacturer. Yeah, I bet that's a cheap-ass bat that's just like yeah. a piece of wood glued to a piece of aluminum. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was fun, though. We should go to the batting cages again. I love batting cages, man. I'm, I'm still – I'm not going to – I'm going to be worse than I was. I still remember, like, because I quit batting. I quit baseball when I was, like – so long ago, I don't remember what age I was. Like, I was five or six or whatever. Um, but I remember the trick that you gave me that's really good is to line up these the knuckles. two knuckles. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like that's what really changed changed my uh, There's swing two there. Thing- so I would hit, like, three instead of zero. There's two pieces of advice you always give every new batter that changes their lives. Uh-huh. Line up your knuckles and keep your back elbow up. Yeah, okay. If you do those two things, like, those two things are, I don't know what the connection between those and your eyes are, but the the thing that those two things do is they make it so that the bat goes where your eyes are looking. Mm. If you If your hands aren't lined up right, you swing over the ball, and if your elbow's not up, you swing under the ball. And if you do those two things, the bat goes where your eyes are, so that's why you're making more contact. Interesting. After, after you get those two things down, it's all about developing power. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we should go again. That would be that'd be fun. I found a we really sh- good batting cage. Well, oh, yeah? good looking batting cage, but it's like over on the other island. So like on the other side of Seattle. Oh, it's in it's it's in um like in the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah. Oh, I'm not wow, gonna go yeah. fucking out. I'm not going out for the batting cage. Like That's I'm looking far. for batting cages around me, and they're all like the like you know fun zone. Which yeah. is a batting cage along with mini golf, putt putt, and all the other shit. Those always blow. Yeah. So <laughs> like, those balls probably hit you in the face. That and like the max speeds like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. It doesn't you do throw the strikes. Fast one, don't you? I like, I always do whatever the fastest one they have is. What was the fastest one at the place we went to in college? Like 60. That 80? one was 75. So, I was gonna say, I it was but like, the one that I could do in great, the one that in Colleyville, the best batting cage I've ever been to is Bob's. Place is fucking phenomenal. This is eighty-five. Oh wow, yeah, that's fast. I feel like the first time because I always did the medium ones. I think I think you yeah. would do the fastest, and I would do the one below that or two below that. And um, I remember when I did the fastest one. I remember like the first time I hit it, I was like, "Holy shit, that hurts!" <laughs> like. The fucking the bat vibrates in your hands and it like. It's it, good. The thing is about it is it's not that it's that much harder to hit. It's just you're redeveloping a timing, right? So yeah. with the first one you hit, you're hitting it like you're you're either swinging probably way too early or it. way too late. But yeah. you're probably what happened for you is you swung too early trying to compensate for how fast it was. So then you hit it off the very end of the bat, uh, and that just shakes like, you. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. I remember turning around and being like. Oh shit! Like, yeah. If you hit it on the very end of the bat, it hurts. Or if you hit it like right close to the handle, where there's like very little oh, yeah. bat, oh, that hurts too. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think uh, we've we've uh, made it pretty clear that we're getting old. Yeah, you're right. Some people are gonna face palm us and be like, "You guys are yuppie douchebags." Well, I'm more worried about is you guys are right. And you have no idea what's coming. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think that they're already saying that to us. It gets worse. Don't worry. It only gets worse. Yeah, maybe so, it's the biggest travesty of humanity that we're trying to live to be 150. Maybe it mad- is, you know? And, and that's kind of my... I tell Chelsea all the time, and she wouldn't put in our will, but I was like, look, if I get to the point where I can't remember what I had for lunch, like, within the same, you know, 12 hours after lunch, then... Time for the pillow. Oh, I remember what I had for lunch. It took me a minute, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you can take your time. You get time. But, well, it's, for me, it also depends. Like, I don't know. I don't always, like, have exactly lunch. But I can tell you everything that I pretty much ate today. Like, may, what was the first thing you had? Maybe breakfast is fine. Like, what did you have this morning? Nothing. Because I ran out of apples. See? But see, you, you at least have enough... 
But I have an apple literally every day for five years. It's not hard to say apple. Oh, okay. I see. Well, you're (laughs) cheating then. But I told her, it's time for the pillow. Just one night, you know, just lean over. When I'm thrashing around trying to flip my pillow over, just take it from me and just take care of me. (laughs) I I don't think Chelsea's going to do that for you. No, probably not. But she should. She'll think about it, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think it gets much, much worse. Sad. <clears throat> My plan. So I think like one of the healthiest older people that I know is one of my, uh, professors at Texas A&M. His name, uh, is William Marlowe, Dr. Marlowe. And he, every day for lunch, he would go to the A&M pool, swim slow as balls for an hour and hop out. But he was like 86 or something and could still swim. Like he was still teaching and was just so vigorous. Like you would have never thought he was 86. Like, you gotta stay active, man. That's the key. I mean, he looked old, but like his demeanor and his brain and everything like seemed like he was 60. You know, like he, he was very. And so that's what my plan is just like keep swimming. Like I've always said my minimum is three days a week. My goal is four days a week. Five is, like, great, you know? And if I, I'm just going to try to keep to that three days a week. Now, obviously, there are things that get that change that, right? Like when Pepper was born or when she was in the hospital, you can take weeks for stuff like that. But when you come back, you get in and you do your three days at least or whatever. I think that's probably the best. It'll hurt <laughs> all along the way, but you got to keep it, keep it going. Otherwise, you definitely will just degrade. <laughs> Gotta try to stay active. I just want to check in with you. This should be quick. Yeah. How are we doing on the book, Theories of Calderon? Let's look it up right now. Let's look and the, see uh, how I'm doing. Codex Alera? The Codex Alera c- series. Book one. Book one. Um, I am on, I am exactly 50% of the way through. Which is so, pretty, pretty good. Like, pretty good. Aren't, aren't we All listening? Right. Or aren't we talking about it on the fourteenth or something? Uh, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it when we're both done with it. Uh, yeah, like the seventeenth, probably. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm on chapter forty. Okay, so there I'm were... on twenty-five. Um, it turns out long bus rides are a great time to read books. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'll probably finish it this week. Probably uh, tomorrow or the next day, honestly. I'm not there yet. What's your what's your general impressions? Neutral, positive, negative? It's neutral. Yeah. Okay. So far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, because it's like... I've pretty much read all of the top, like, 50... Not 50, probably top 20 sci-fi fantasy novels or series... Um, and so, like, this one's not in the top 20. It's, it's, you know, it's just, it's more fun. Um, and so I was kind of, because that's kind of my perception, too. I'm kind of neutral. I, I am enjoying it, right? And I don't have some of the same critique of it that I have of an absolutely remarkable thing. Like, I think, you know, he's very succinct, and some of the dialogue and the writing is pretty good. Um, but it's not, like, blowing my mind. You know, it's not like completely capturing my attention. You know, I mean, it's a, it's capturing my attention and it's entertaining, but it's not like when like my favorite series about halfway through the book. When I was fifty percent of the way through the book, I was I was in love with like I thought it was the best thing I had ever experienced. Like it was amazing, right? And so this book doesn't do that for me, but it's still you know it's fun. So yeah. Uh, I will save anything else I've got to say about it for our official review, but that is... I just want to check in and see how we're doing um, to re-alert any of our hopefully reading buddies that are reading along with us uh, that we are on track. Unsurprisingly, Aaron is on track to finish the fantasy novel, (laughs) whereas he took forever to get through... No, no, no. What was Infinite Jest? I would say it's a contemporary fiction. Okay, yeah. Because it's not know. sci-fi, even though it takes place in like a kind it of is, a bleak yeah. future, like a future, near future. Dystopia. Yeah. yeah. 
a bleak near future dystopia. I would still say it's mostly contemporary fiction. It's weird that both Infinite Jest and An Unbreakable Thing both take place in like very near futures, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm all for like the complete fantasy, you know. Just yeah, make no, it I know. All, up. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, that's, that's that's it. We'll we'll see you guys uh, on the book review. Okay, Rob, do the outro. Well, why do I always have to do the outro? I was just kidding. Every time I have to do the outro. Every time I'm the one reminding people to check us out on Facebook. I think it's... Still Got Nothing group. If you want to join, we can accept. Um, I think it's because normally I'm still talking about the last topic and you're trying to wrap it up. Yeah, because you, if it were up to you, these episodes would all be two hours long. I know. Actually, and if that we were getting, short. if we were getting paid to do this... I'm yeah. all for two-hour-long episodes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like one of my favorite podcasts, a couple of my favorite podcasts are all right around the two-hour mark, usually. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're all getting paid. Yeah, that's true. Sitting there editing on a week weekday night wouldn't suck as much if I knew that there was a financial benefit at the end of it. Well, maybe we should do Patreon or something like that. No, no we shouldn't. our content is extraordinary. Yeah, I don't, like, no. We are literally... Two straight white men who created a podcast. Like, how rare is that? Now we're liberals in Seattle. Like, <laughs> it's just. Um, speaking of maybe getting ourselves paid, we need to get more active on Twitter and Reddit and yeah, Facebook. We do. So we need to talk about making that automated. Let's do it. Uh let me look. Let me. If I, I make a note to myself. I'll look into it. Maybe I should trade that for some Overwatch time from you. Yeah, I'll do it before I do Overwatch. <laughs> Why do you hate it so much? I just don't like it. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't. I mean, it's not like I enjoy it that much. I just enjoy the camaraderie. I, uh, probably maybe like one or two shooters in the whole world you guys can get me to play. Okay. Maybe we can get everyone to play CSGO with you. I don't think they'd like that. Mm. It's not fast-paced enough for the games you guys usually play. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Okay. Um... All right, Aaron, you got anything else? Nothing.